coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, a Kid Icarus Month deferred. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. I have to admit, I was excited to talk about Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters today. Yes. But, you know, just like it says on our official Nintendo Cartridge Society seal, when God closes a door, he opens a a Nintendo Indie World Showcase. That's right. So, uh, you know, if you're coming here for your Kid Icarus 2 fix, you're going to have to wait another week. We're pushing back the whole schedule uh, to facilitate this conversation about the Indie World Showcase that happened on Wednesday, April 14th. That is what's going to be happening here today. Um, but the, I think on the plus side is that you and I had to uh, text a little bit to like figure it out. We decided there's a really fun acronym for of Myths and Monsters, which is lowercase o m and m like using the ampersand in the middle so that's just something you can take into your everyday life yeah kid icarus o m and m i mean come on yeah and it fits so well with to the tune of o tannenbaum you know mark i hadn't thought about that but it (laughs) it really does yeah it's just you know another another thing to tide you over until next week when we can talk about kid icarus of myths and monsters um, yeah, and then uh, and then the week following on April 29th, we'll be discussing Kid Icarus Uprising. Um, so we're, we're still going to get through all the series, so that is all good. Mark, we're, things are going way out of order here, uh, but quick before we get into the recap of the Indie World Showcase, would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch? You can, or at least you can get on a list to do so. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. At gmail.com. And give us a mailing address so I can send you, uh, so I can send this thing to you. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. It doesn't cost you anything. It's the perfect borrowing program. But Mark, we have got urgent uh, new games on your Switch-related news to discuss. So let's get to it. Let's discuss the most recent Indie World Showcase. So seemingly, this is just the way Nintendo does these now, right? Where it's like, we know uh, one day in advance. 24 hours in advance, we know there's going to be uh, a Nintendo event. It was uh, 9 o'clock this morning, uh, and it was 20 minutes of uh, new and new to the Nintendo Switch um, indie games. I did not go through and count how many games there are in here, um, but it's, a, uh, it, it, it's always exciting to get things like this. Um, Mark, o- overall, what, what were your uh, thoughts about this one? Were, were you um, happy with it? Were you excited by it? Yeah, I I did like this one. I feel like, and this is just all to my personal taste, but I feel like the last couple of indie directs, there have been um, a a majority of games that I am interested in. And then there's always one where I'm like, does not appeal to me in the slightest. Like it's some, like it's a, it's a horror game or it's just like, (laughs) I just like, I just do not care about this. And there was nothing in this presentation that I was like, that I 
uh, was repulsed by, which I, which, uh, like, there was actually a lot of stuff in here that I thought looked really cool. Yeah, almost to the point where I was, like, overwhelmed with all of it. Like, yeah. that there, there, there was enough in here where I was like, uh-oh, I'm not going to, I'm going to have a tough time recalling what individual games are when we talk about them. Um, because also, it, it feels like there, is, there are sort of, like, two types of games that are, are coming out of, like, the indie space right now. And they are either uh, roguelike action platformers. That, that's one that's one genre and the other is uh narrative games uh like th- those are the two um types of games that are, are coming out of the indie community on switch right now um but i don't know those are cool genres this was also an indie dir- direct that like it built momentum to me like mm-hmm. in the beginning these first few games like do not stick in my mind at all like I was underwhelmed in the beginning, but and it was the like the smaller things, like some of the stuff in the sizzle reel, uh, that more like grabbed my attention. Okay, well, uh, I guess uh, let's stop dancing around what each of the individual. Let's stop dancing around the the games. Let's go through them one by one, uh, and we will approach them in the order that they appeared in the direct itself. Um, so the presentation opened with a game called Road Ninety Six, uh, and I'm sort of a. a it's. I find it shocking that you think that the presentation started slow because I think this was one of the more interesting, like intriguing games that they showed off. Is the very first one, um, where it's like a, a a narrative, a procedurally generated, like branching path, um, narrative game developed by a, a French studio called Digix Art. Uh, that's inspired by '90s road road trip movies. Um, this thing looks really cool and weird. It does. It does look weird. I don't know for whatever reason. It just kind of like washed over me. Maybe because I, uh-huh. uh, you know, like I w- wasn't able to give it my full attention. I I don't know. I don't know what it was, but like it just did not like grab me. Patrick, you're gonna have to help me. What are road movies of the '90s that are like iconic? Well, so you and I uh, discussed one of the road movies of the 90s that is iconic on this very show. Of course, I'm talking about The Wizard, <laughs> a classic 90s road movie. I think it was but released in I... the 80s. <laughs> yeah, that might be true. Um, but like, yeah, maybe like 80s and 90s is, is really what they mean. I don't know. When, when I think of like road movies of the 90s, I think of like um, the sort of road trip comedies, like, uh, like a Tommy Boy. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, or like a Dumb and Dumber. And this game reminded you of those? No, this game did not remind me of those. This is just, this was their description. Is that? Uh, a, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. On, I'm confused yeah. by that description because I wish they had been more specific. Because I am failing to understand the uh, um, what they are calling as like the inspiration. That being said, I don't think it looks terrible. It just didn't really like. It didn't do anything for me. Um, one of the things they leaned into in the sort of like advertising for it here was the uh, sort of like wide reaching nature of like how much the narrative can uh, can shift, uh, you know, even down to like the identity of uh, the like primary partner character um, and like what sort of trouble they get into. Like sometimes they're in trouble with the cops. Sometimes it's you know, with like a creepy local family or, you know, what, whatever. It seems as though um, the thing that they're touting most here is the sort of like 
replayability of the game and that like every experience with it is going to be like substantially different. Um, I don't know. It, it seems really neat. And it's uh, coming out later this year. Uh, Mark, if we want to go back and forth, we can just uh, each um, set up. The, sure. Uh, yeah. Again. Yeah. So up next was Never Yield, which is releasing on May 19th, but there's a demo available now. It's like a stylish narrative runner um, set to cool music from Detroit-based artist Daniel Wilkins. Uh, the developer is Ariel Knight, and it's set in a future like Tokyo-styled Detroit. Yeah, this one, Mark. I don't know if you could uh, see this, but there's like there was the part of like the gameplay part of this trailer where it looked like the D-pad was on the screen the whole time, and it was like sort of like indicating where like it, that you need to push like up or down oh, in order to like avoid obstacles. It makes me wonder if there's like some sort of, like mobile DNA in this game. I don't know. I mean, that's uh, uh, this probably isn't a game that uh, I'm all that interested in. Uh, the music does seem cool. Um, but just sort of like the uh, you know obstacle course uh, runner nature isn't isn't super appealing to me. Yeah, it's not really my thing either. I do wonder to your point, like I am curious if this will show up on other platforms eventually. Like it seems like a great fit for mobile, so it would make sense for it to show up there eventually. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, and then next up we got uh, so there there were two games from uh, Annapurna Interactive that were shown off sort of back to back. Um, the first of which is a game called Last Stop, um, which is a narrative <laughs> looking game. Uh, and there's like it's it was unclear exactly what was going on here. Um, but the trailer, you know, they, they were saying like three stories intertwined. Um, and it seems like there's some sci fi elements, possibly a body swap. Um, it's sort of hard to know exactly what this game is, um, but it is out uh, July 2021. Yeah, this was another one where, like, I agree with you, it looks intriguing, but I have no concept of what this game yeah. is. Um, and what are you, yeah, what so are you doing was... in this game? No one knows. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. And I feel like, I feel like uh, there's another game coming up where it is, like, 100% that, but for whatever reason, that one, like, intrigues me in a way that I, la- like, last stop, I don't know, I'm, it, I'm hoping it's good, but it just, it, I feel like I've seen a lot of games like this. In yeah. in that I don't even un- entirely understand what this game is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next was Hindsight, which is coming later this year and uh, is also from Annapura. Um, again, it looks this game like looks beautiful. Yeah. Uh, also, no clue, zero concept, <laughs> zero concept of what it is, of what the actual game is. Yeah, but like the the style is is. Uh, like very like uh, cool and stark and like bright right right it's it's not um like it, it seems like a very colorful game um and there was like voiceover there that was all very like nostalgic and sad um mm-hmm. and sort of um like it, it had this like you know what memories do you keep uh each object represents a whatever whatever um so like it seems like it is my kind of thing but like could not tell you what the game is <laughs> right right but i'm intrigued this one i i am intrigued um so and the uh i i think later this year is meant to be later than july 2021 of this year because they're both annapurna games um and july 2021 is the the last stop um and so yeah i don't know it, yeah. at some point this game will come out yeah 
Um, the next game, which is coming out uh, this winter, is Ali Ali World. Um, and Ali Ali World is from the studio that makes the Ali Ali games, which are um, sort of like technical skateboarding games where, you know, you have to, uh, it's, it's like all about applying pressure on the right parts of the board. And so it's like a very, you have to know how to do skateboarding tricks. Um, but this is a sort of uh, like an adventure platformer um, skateboarding game uh, using the Ali Ali mechanics. I don't know. Another one where it's like highly stylized um, and looks um, this one almost looks like a, like an adult swim cartoon to me. Yeah, totally. I, I was really taken with the art style as well. I feel like mm-hmm. in this like first part, there are a ton of actually thinking the entire direct. There's a lot of games that like really stood out to me for the art style or uh, like the presentation. Totally, yeah. So even like, all the Ollie world. I, I haven't played any of the um, other games and like skateboarding games aren't something I'm generally drawn to, but just like the energy of this one just seemed really fun. Yeah. Um, my, my buddy Pete, who has uh, been listening to the show for a good long time is a big Ollie Ollie fan. Um, and uh, so, you know, a- after this uh, presentation, uh, the only text I got from him about it was Ollie Ollie world. <laughs> like he was very excited about it. Um, and, you know, it, this is a, a big like visual and seemingly big like gameplay departure um, from these guys. But like, it's nice to know that someone who is like taking skateboarding games seriously is also like making a fun one too. Mm-hmm. not to say that the uh, Ollie Ollie games aren't fun, um, but that this one is one that like I feel like I could get into. Um, one of the <laughs> I pulled one of the lines of dialogue fr- from the trailer. Um, tear up the streets of Radland and search for mythical skate gods. I mean, Radland. Yeah, <laughs> come on. I want to do. I want to do that. I want to go to Radland. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. It sounds. It looks super cool. And I, I like that uh, they they spend a little time showing like that you can either do the sort of like technically demanding like obstacle course, um, or there are like other paths mm-hmm. through the levels. Um, that seemed like they were maybe more exploration based or just sort of like experiencing, you know, the the cool, colorf- colorful worlds the game had to offer. Um, this one seems really, really cool. Okay. Next up is the game that I have been dying to talk to you about all day. Yes. And yes. it is The Longing, a game which is available for purchase right now. Um, so it's introduced by one of the, by the creator, uh, a man from Germany. And his setup for this game is so funny to me, especially when you know what the game is, which I feel like I don't entirely understand what this game is or what, no. or what would make it fun. But the fact that it exists and was got like a dedicated moment in a Nintendo Direct is amazing to me. So the longing, you play as the last servant of a king who is like not dead, just kind of in hibernation, I guess, of an Unclear. underground yeah. kingdom. And you have to pass the time for 400 real in-game days. Uh, this is another one where it looks beautiful. Like, the animation is really cool. The art style is really cool. But the gameplay footage is so funny to me. Because it is just your little sad character slowly so sad. shuffling around in this, like, tomb. And I'm assuming there is gameplay. I'm assuming there is more to it. But what if there's not? Yeah, I don't know. And it's, yeah, it's it, because there is a counter at the top of the screen, seemingly all the time, <laughs> telling you 
how how much time you have left down to the second and it starts at 400 days yeah uh just totally outrageous but yeah you're you're right like the art style here to me is the the big seller right like it almost i don't know that i have a good like touch point for like what this looks like to me um i was getting a little bit the vibes of um the uh rankin and bass um hobbit animated movie from from the 70s mm. um but yeah, yeah the it's, the, it's, ro- the rotoscoped one y- yes but not in like the rotoscope portions yeah Oh okay, okay. And really, the the rotoscoping is just in the in the Lord of the Rings, right? They, I don't think they did it in. Oh, you're a hundred percent right. I was thinking of the Lord yeah. of the Rings. I wasn't thinking of the Hobbit. Yeah. Um. um yeah. It, but like they. Similar, in, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. All right. I was gonna say that, like the uh, w- up where there is like the countdown that's persisting all the time. There is also like um like a border around it that has that's made up of little squares and it looks to me that the like in some of the game put play footage like three of the squares are have something in them like little icons and so i wonder if like that is a like things that you are collecting i don't know this game is so like i don't think i want to buy it but i definitely want to know more about it i'm so intrigued yeah yeah. No. Well, I mean, and Mark, you could pick it up today. I could. Like, I could. What if this yeah. was the start of a third genre, like you were talking about? You know, we have the uh, uh, narrative games. We uh-huh. have the like um, Metroidvania action games, and then we also have uh, games like The Long Game. It's its own new genre. I mean, it well, just time waster. Like I don't even know what. <laughs> 400 days is so long yeah it's so long i know that that's why it really makes me um just wonder if what else is up with this game because it feels like there has to be like more um and i'm kind of i think it would be cool i don't know like i haven't checked the internet so maybe people have picked it up and already like broken it or done whatever they're going to do but it would be kind of cool if like yeah we actually don't really have an answer to this for 400 days like let's check in like you know next june patrick and we'll uh we'll see where the longing has taken us after someone has just committed their switch to always playing the long game. Because <laughs> that's you would yeah. need to. You need to be playing it. It is literally like that in-game for... Oh, it's it's so much. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think there's something intriguing there that they're not telling us, um, which sort of goes into the next game that was revealed, which is a game called There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension. This is another game that is available today. Um, it's a point and click comedy adventure. Um, and Mark, let me tell you what, what I think the game is. And you can tell me if this feels right to you. Um, it seems like it is a collection of other games. Um, but that the game somehow like subverts your expectations of like what you're supposed to be doing in them. And the actual gameplay is something like outside of what appears to be a game. Yeah, I think you're right. Like in the little snippets we saw, you know, there were, um, a moment that looked very similar to a link to the past when you're pulling the master sword out of, you know, like the rock. And like, there were lots of little homages to different, uh, like game genres, different, um, game generations. And so it definitely seems like there is like a meta 
thing that is going on that they hint at in the presentation but don't actually show. This is a game that is has already been out on other platforms and is just now coming to Switch. And I, so I didn't look up to see like what the hook is or like what the framing device is, but it is really well regarded. And I thought it looked fun. Like I this was one I was interested in picking up. Yeah, th- it's it. I, I I'm certainly interested in this game. I think it's weird that it has this sort of subtitle. There is no game. Wrong dimension. Um, give rid of that wrong dimension. Just there is no game. Like that. That's <laughs> it's so clean. No, I, I thought the same thing. I it's like I uh, it makes it feel like it's part of a series that doesn't that seemingly doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. Like it's there's been yeah. four or five. There is no games, and right. the you know they feel that it's gauche to continue to include the numbers. So then they move to subtitles. That's what this game feels like. That's what the title feels like anyways. Yeah, one, 100%. Up next was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which is being released later this yeah. year. This is a game that uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago when it was originally announced. But when it was announced, it didn't have like specific platforms. It just said it was coming to consoles and PCs. And so, But now we know that it is coming to Switch. Um, it's inspired by the Turtles in Time video game. They specifically called out that it's using the 1987 animated series designs for the characters. Patrick, I know you are very excited for this one. Yeah, I am. And this uh, the the trailer here, or like the game footage as it appeared here, um, only made me more excited because there's so much like individual personality uh, like in this game. Um, it was you know they spent a little time showing the each of the turtles in action, and each one looked like a different character and like that played differently and just sort of like emoted differently on the screen um there's a moment where they're like charging into an office building and there are foot ninjas um like sitting behind uh like typewriters or like at computers and they're typing and they're wearing ties until they notice the turtles are there and they just like throw their hands up and rip the ties off and start fighting like <laughs> and then, and then there's another moment later where uh Bebop has taken over like a, a TV studio or something and he's got like a cameraman that he's dragging along with him um like it, it just it seems like they have got so much going on in this game uh so much like subtle storytelling which is like the you know that that is the thing that will make or break a a brawler for me is if um you know making it to the next screen uh, I'm I'm rewarded by s- something right and it, for a lot of games it's like it's spectacle right or you see something cool um and if it's instead something that makes me laugh like holy cow like this is it's exactly what I want from a teenage mutant ninja turtles game I I could not be more excited for this you know what uh, I I'm not as familiar with like turtles in time or some of these games but what this mm-hmm. whole thing kind of reminds me of is Sonic Mania a little bit. Totally, I, and I feel like um, Sega's been doing this. I mean, there's another game coming up that Sega also uh, has like handed one of their franchises off to an indie studio. Uh, Konami is kind of starting to like dabble in this, but where um, these licenses or these companies are giving games to indie developers, and it reminds me a little bit of um, when it when it's done well. It reminds me a little bit of what happened with like Star Wars. Where it's like, okay, there were like there was the original Star Wars, um, and like George Lucas was the figurehead for that. And then these projects that are coming from like yeah. people who grew up on like the things that they're now emulating. And so um they're just doing a really good job of like bringing back the thing that people wanted more of from like their childhood essentially. 
Yeah. Well, and it's it's fun that you mention um Sonic Mania here because um T Lopez, uh the gentleman who composed the music for Sonic Mania, which is, is so also doing, good, which is so good, is also doing the music for uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. So yeah, I mean it's uh, it it you're you're totally right that like this is. Um, the people who uh, idolized the stuff growing up actually getting to make it. Um, and, uh, you know, we saw saw that in Sonic Mania and we're going to see it again here. Um, and just with uh, uh, the, some, of, some of the same people showing the, some of the same reverence. Like, I don't know, it, it, it's very cool. Um, next up, oh, and uh, Turtles is just out uh, later this year. Um, Mark, I assume this still means that it's coming to all the other consoles too. I assume that's still true. Yeah, I would assume that's the case as well. In fact, I, I didn't check, but sometimes like after these games are revealed in a yeah. direct or they're talked about in a direct, then like the studio drops a general trailer that usually confirms it for other platforms as well. So that might have been the case. I, I, I didn't check, though, to see if that happened. Well, yeah, let's we'll check back on that uh, later. Um, and the next game up is called Chris Tales, um, which is not a, uh, you know... Ho- hollywood chris's team up game like you like you might think uh it is a uh turn-based like combat rpg with time travel mechanics in a handcrafted world um i don't know looks uh sort of generic-y to me um like the the visual style is cool but it seems like it's kind of just a kind of just a a jrpg like a quirky jrpg i feel like it doesn't this trailer didn't benefit from its placement where because I, I agree it's a little generic looking and so when it's um sandwiched between shredder's revenge and then this next game we're going to talk about it just kind of like i i don't have anything really to say about it so should we just go ahead and move on to the next one let's move on it's coming out uh july 20th okay so uh up next a game that's coming out later this year is uh uh getsu fumadun undying moon which is, uh, it's from Konami, but I think it's an instance of like Konami uh, giving this intellectual property to a third party, to like an indie developer to reinvigorate. And this is like, apparently this is like a series that had at least two games in Japan back in the Famicom era and is mm-hmm. being like reimagined for today's audience. But it's, something that I was completely unfamiliar with. So it's basically just like an entirely new property to me. It looks, I think, cool. Like, I think visually this game looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, lo- it looks cool. And like the, the style feels kind of uh, almost Castlevania-y, but um, maybe more like dragons than like universal monsters. Um, and, you know, they, they bill it as a, as a hack and slash roguelike. Um, which I mean, you know, that just means it fits one of our boxes uh, here of like <laughs> types of games that are being made. Um, Mark, I believe it's coming out sometime next year. Um, oh, and, next and year, not, and not not later this year. You're you are of course right. Also, I thought uh, this was interesting. I saw it online, and I think relevant to your interest, Patrick. So, according to video game historian and founder of the Video Game History Foundation, Frank Cifaldi, the original NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game is basically um the game is basically i don't know how best to explain this basically the game that was released in japan as getsu fumaden's sequel so getsu fumaden's sequel on the famicom was basically taken and reskinned to be the first teenage mutant ninja turtles game for the nintendo 
Sure. So it's like how we got Doki Doki Panic as Super Mario Brothers 2. We got Getsu Fumaden 2 as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, I think I think that is okay. that's exactly right. So in a way you have played uh a game in this <laughs> series. It's true. Um the the next game uh coming up here is a, a game called Aztec Forgotten Gods um where um the, this uh, the this is coming out fall 2021. Um it takes place in a futuristic like Mesoamerican metropolis. Um, and it kind of seems like it is a, uh, future set Aztec God of War style game, um, where you're playing as a character wh- who upgrades, uh, their like combat arm, um, and you fight giant gods. Um, so I don't know. It, it looks sort of neat. Yeah. The, the, the thing that struck me about this one is how ambitious it seems to me for an indie yeah. title, because it feels like a full fledged, like, um, like yeah, like God of War esque adventure game, and uh, I that's just that feels really ambitious when you compare it to a, a lot of you know you, what you see from indie games is side scrolling pixel yeah. art and like all that kind of stuff. And this seems like a you know double A title from an indie developer. Yeah, totally. Uh, it it is neat to see uh, like a, another area of mythology being explored, right? Like um, we see so much of you know just like. Uh, sort of like Arthurian legend stuff and like Greek and Roman mythology um, and like Vikings. Like th- those are like the three big ones. Right. Um, and, you know, this uh, in, in that same way sort of calls to mind uh, that Raji and an ancient epic from uh, last year, uh, also an indie game that was using like uh, I- Indian gods uh, as the sort of, um, you know, mythological backdrop and that this is uh, using Aztec gods uh, I mean, I'll exercise the same caution that I should have exercised with Raji, um, but it's it. I'm I, I am immediately drawn to it just as a concept. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I I think with these like indie games, I honestly I'm uh, you know like a little bit skeptical when I do see a game with like these this big of ambition. Um, totally. Uh, the, just like because it's a lot to like pull off, but it it I agree with you that it looks really cool. So up next is Skull, the Hero Slayer. And no, we're not talking about the chewing tobacco. Um, you play as an... Isn't that Skull, <laughs> the Hero Slayer? <laughs> what did I say? Uh, you play as an undying skeleton with the power to switch skills um, by putting on a new head. And they promise like 90 characters. Um, I thought that this one looked cool it actually reminded me a lot of um katana zero a little bit in the art style a little bit in like the play that they showed kind of the hook of this i would say is that instead of playing as like a good guy ostensibly you're playing as a villain and so i was struck for whatever reason look i play lots of games where you are mowing down bad guys and they're humans and i you don't like think twice about it and but there was like one moment in this where they were like noble women like running around in and yeah. you know getting like cut down yeah. and for whatever I, that like uh i think it's an indictment of like myself that i that that is what made me stop and be like huh it, um you know like i feel a little bit uncomfortable about this and i don't know if i should when you know like i play a million games where like people are being mowed down left and right 
Yeah, I mean, so I think the difference is that, like, if someone is just labeled as, like, noble woman, that's not an enemy combatant, right? <laughs> like, that's just, that's just murder. <laughs> um, this is another one that is, uh, you know, tagged as an, a, a roguelike action game. Um, so a, a lot of those in here, uh, and, you know, I uh, recently started playing Hades again. I, I've mentioned it. I will continue to mention it. And I'm sorry. Um, but uh, like, I, I do sort of wonder like, what is the next uh, like roguelike game that is going to grab me? And will it be one of the couple that we've already talked about here? Uh, okay. Next, there is a, uh, a, a quick sizzle reel um, that we'll try to go through uh, to the extent that we understand what any of these games are. Um, the first is a game called Art of Rally, which is coming out this summer. Um, it seemed like a, a sort of overhead uh, driving game, like a racing, drifting uh, kind, kind of experience. Up next is Kiwi, which is a game that's coming out this summer. And in the sizzle reel, like, I have no idea what this game is, but I thought it looked cute. So I actually looked up what this is. And I don't know that I can oh. entirely explain it to you, but it is a cooperative game where you and another player play as these little like kiwi birds and your job is to deliver is to make sure that the mail gets like sorted and delivered. And so it looks like there's lots of different like at like uh modes of gameplay in it, but the one that they focus on is like a message comes comes up on the screen and then you as these little kiwis have to hop around on this keyboard to spell out the message. And then there's another part where you like uh there are words printed out on pieces of paper and they like stick to your feet. And so you have to like pick up the words and place them on like a larger sheet of paper. So that way it will like spell out messages and all that kind of stuff. It looks really cute. It seems like it could be a lot of fun. It reminded me a little bit of like um, the kind of hectic energy that a, a good game of Overcooked has going for it. Yeah, sure. A little, a little typography birds action. That, that does sound cool. Um, next up was Labyrinth City. Uh, Pierre the Maze Detective, uh, which is due out this spring. Um, I, I the, another one. I'm not totally sure what it is, but it looks like he, uh, it almost seems like the setting is like a Where's Waldo page, um, where you're like pulled way out and you just see like a hugely populated city. Uh, in my notes here, I said that it looks like uh, Where's Waldo by way of Tintin. Um, it just has that very like uh you know mid century European art style to it. Um, seems super cool. <laughs> Yeah, this was another one where I, I like the art style grabbed me immediately, and so I was like, I gotta find out what this game is. It's one that is out on other platforms. Like I think it's on PC right now. And it, but you're basically right. Like it's a combination of a Where's Waldo book with um like tr trying to get through a maze. So you play as like you know a character who is trying to make your way through these worlds, and uh the worlds are built out as mazes. Um, and when you're in it, you're trying to also locate not just the exit, but, uh, you know, like three stars in each level that are kind of hidden and sure. you have to f find your way to like, it lo It looks like a lot of fun. I don't know that I necessarily have the patience for it, but it, uh, it looks really cute. Next up after that is weaving tides, which is coming this may. I have no clue what this is and I don't really have a ton of interest in finding out what it might be. Yeah. It seems like there's a uh, yarn and maybe you're a bird or a manta ray or something. It's not clear. Um, then after that was the house of the dead remake, which is out later this year. Um, 
uh, uh, Mark had has a note here that Sega is that like this is the example of Sega being an indie developer. Um, who knows? Um, what? So it, it, it there there was like a cursor on the screen here, right? So like, do we think this is a a motion control? Uh, yeah. House of the Dead. I, yeah. I I'm I'm guessing it's gonna be like uh like Wiimote style. You know, like in the Wii era, there was a sure. brief resurgence of these like arcade light gun like games and this this uh the house of the dead remake was actually announced like two years ago that they were remaking game like the first game and the second game um Mm. but yeah this is like you were pointing out this is just another example of sega giving one of their old ip to an indie developer to make a game out of this is a remaster but like we saw with like streets of rage 4 that's another Sega title yeah. that, you know, they, like, handed off to somebody. Were, were you ever a big, like, light gun shooter game person? Uh, I mean, I, the, they're, they're, those are games that I really like in arcade experiences. Um, but sort of by the time they, like, we reached this era, I wasn't really playing these games at home. You know what I mean? Um, like, beyond the beyond the duck hunt zapper like i i I never had a a light gun in in my house ever so yeah i i got into i I guess i wouldn't say got into it but in the wii era i at least owned three of them because i i definitely bought resident evil umbrella chronicles i definitely bought the sequel which was outbreak i can't remember what the second one was called yeah but then I also bought uh, Dead Space Extraction. So there was like a period where uh, in the Wii era where I was like, I like just picking just up light, yeah. light gun games left and right. Yeah. Uh, next is uh, a. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, next is a platformer called Ender Lilies Quietus of the Nights, which comes out on June 21st. This is a 2D action platformer, another one that has been released on um other platforms and is highly regarded but uh i thought it looked cool like visually yeah i yeah this is one i don't i don't don't really have um too much to say about it um the uh next up is uh beasts of maravilla island um which is a 3d sort of like exploration game where you're taking pictures of something um it seems like a nice like explore nature kind of game and then finally, in the sizzle reel was Fez, which was released uh, right after the direct. And it, this is a classic indie game. It's, I think, nine or ten years old at this point. I can't yeah. like when I first saw it. I was because the little character in it is so like iconic, even though I've never played this game. And so I was, I was like, wow, it, I couldn't place it. I was like, is this like a is this cave story? Like, why does this look so familiar? Um, but no, it's Fez. And it's uh, out now, um, which is uh, cool. Uh, I almost didn't believe that this wasn't already on Switch. Like, I know it. It seems like one of those things, like Cave Story, where in yeah. that in the first few months on Switch, where we were getting like a lot of these indies that hadn't been on Nintendo platforms or had been on other platforms and were finally making their way over. Um, I could have sworn that Fez was one of those. Is it possible that I played Fez on my PlayStation Three, Mark? Is that possible? Yeah, if it was 10 years ago, I, th- I think it is entirely yeah. possible. I think I played Fez on PlayStation 3. Uh, so that, that's the end of the, uh, of, of the sizzle reel, um, which leads us, leads us into the announcement of an Indie World sale. Mark, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, go over and look at what games are on sale 
Um, they everything will be uh, up there until um, April twenty fifth is when the the sale ends. Um, and there are a bunch of cool games, including uh, Fez, which we were just talking about. Um, Hades is five dollars off, which it frequently is. Um, Dead Cells is uh, seventeen fifty. River City Girls is uh, twenty one dollars. Katana Zero is down to nine dollars. Mark, I may finally join you in the Katana Zero Club. Um, and there's a, a bunch of stuff. Was there anything on that list of uh, sale games that you want to shout out? You know what I've had on my wish list for months now is this game called Coffee Talk that's on sale right now for like nine bucks. Um, it's it's like a coffee brewing simulator where people like come into your cafe and they're like telling you their story and their problems and everything and there's dialogue between you and them but then you are also like making whatever coffee they order it looks really relaxing it looks really fun um and now that it's on sale like for nine bucks like i i might pick that up yeah nine bucks is i mean that that that's a that's a tough price to argue with Killer Queen Black is on here. Dandara that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Panzer Paladin, which is a game that I wanted to check out. Mulaka, which is a game that I, I can't believe actually came out and uh, we never followed up on. There, there are a lot of games on, on sale here. So um, I think I'm probably going to be throwing some money at my Switch uh, later this week. And then uh, they did this whole thing with the presentation where they're like, that's it. We're wrapping it up. Uh, see you guys later. And thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> We've been Nintendo Indie World Showcase. Good night. But then, ev- you know, everybody around the world, we were all clapping in unison yeah. in our apartments, being like, encore, encore. Uh, <laughs> encore. <laughs> and so they came back by popular demand and had one more game to show off. And it was Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals, the sequel to uh, the indie sensation. I'm saying this uh, because I haven't played it. I I don't really have an opinion on the first game, which is Oxenfree. Yeah, I also don't know anything about the original Oxenfree, um, but the trailer for Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals did look cool. Um, Struck that sort of like uh, um, twin, like 8P8, hold on, (laughs) (laughs) 8-bit, 8-bit Twin Peaks vibe. Uh, of like um yeah it, it seems like it's at some point one of the characters uses a radio to you know open a, a dimensional doorway in the sky that also like slices a tree in half um cool right? yeah <laughs> like hard to argue I'm with that it. yeah hard to argue with that um it almost makes me want to like go back and check out what oxen free one was I know. Do you know what I think I confuse Oxenfree with is, is there an also like an indie game called like A Night in the Woods or something like that? I, that's yes. Yeah. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I think I conflate those two. I think they are both highly regarded. I think they are Correct. in other ways, like not at all similar. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how Oxenfree plays. I just know that people really like it or, and uh, the, I think the sequel was a surprise because we've gotten this like a lot, like, you know, uh, I know that people were anticipating or continued to anticipate news about Silk Song, which is the um, like D- standalone kind of like DLC kind of spinoff game of uh, oh shoot, I'm blanking on Hollow Knight, a Hollow Knight, and then uh, you know we got the um, t- reveal of Axiom Verge two in one of these indie world yep. showcases uh, that might have been earlier last year. I can't remember exactly, and so it's interesting that they like keep doing these reveals of sequels and then it just like lingers out there because the games aren't ready for release but it, it was it was a 
exciting uh exciting final reveal yeah well and it, it's also like there's something gratifying about um, nintendo providing a place for that kind of uh like hype uh, mm-hmm. announcement where like um otherwise indie games don't really get that at all like they they get the the moment when they're like revealed to the world and like that's it um that's the marketing beat that you can afford when you're uh you know just like scraping a game together from nothing um but that nintendo can be like oh yeah and then like way down the road here is and it's always it's always these like sequels or like riffs on existing properties um that it's just uh it's cool that nintendo can sort of provide uh, uh, uh an avenue for that yeah for sure uh, so that was the. I almost dropped my microphone there, Mark. I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> um, that was that 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 was the uh, indie world showcase. Um, highlights for you. Uh, what 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 do you think was the the biggest most exciting thing in here for you? I think the thing that I am looking forward to the most is actually possibly Kiwi or um this like Labyrinth City Pierre the Maze Detective. Both of those were really like, and actually, this is there is no game wrong dimension. Like those all looked like really fun experiences that, like, I am just ready to get into. I uh, I find myself like intrigued by some of the earlier things, like you know, Last Stop or Hindsight. But um, sometimes I feel a little bit exhausted by the exploration of you know the Dark Knight of the Human Soul. And so I just want to, uh, you know, just chill out with some Kiwis. Yeah. And at, 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 at the risk of, uh, you know, confirming my identity as like the aging 90s skate punk, you know, idiot. Um, the things that were most exciting to me were uh, Ali Ali World and um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge, <laughs> um, which, you know, e- even though that game wasn't news in, in any capacity, uh, it was still the happiest I was during this 20-minute uh, presentation. Um, and then Ali Ali World just looks super cool. Um, when we did our ABCs of Nintendo Sports, I sort of surprised myself with how many skateboarding and surfing games I had on that list. Um, and uh, it was just like, yeah, you know what? Like, I need... I need that kind of, I don't need like a skating simulator and I don't need like a, a Tony Hawk game. I need uh, a more limited exposure to um, skateboarding in video games. And since Skatebird is still a ways out, uh, Ali Ali World is going to have to tide me over. Also, if anybody has uh, suggestions for like road movies of the 90s that are super obvious that I'm missing, I'd love to hear them. I mean, does does uh, Thelma and Louise count? <laughs> like, it's 80s again, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, I mean, maybe, but may- maybe, uh, maybe it does. <laughs> maybe it does. I don't know. Look, we don't know what road movies of the 90s are, but look, these people were French, so you know who who even understands what. Yeah, they're so maybe you're right. Maybe they were inspired by iconic French movies of the 90s, like the one starring like Gerard Depardieu. That's probably. Oh, Thelma right. and Louise oh, is 1991. Oh. It counts. It counts. We did it. <laughs> we did it. I came up with one good non-comedy example. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I think um, Dumb and Dumber and uh, the other one I said, Tommy Boy, are both also good, good examples of, of road trip movies in the 90s. You're right. I, don't, I did not in any way mean to impugn your knowledge of uh, <laughs> 90s road movies. Uh, all right, Mark, let's close this out. Of course, we'd love to know what your experience of watching the Nintendo Indie World Showcase 
from April 14th, 2021. Uh, we'd like to know what that was. You can always email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. At gmail.com. And let us know if there were any games in here that you were excited about uh, that we sort of glossed over, or if you think that we are getting too hyped up about uh, you know something that's not going to uh, deliver in any meaningful way. And I will not hear any bad mouthing uh, this Ninja Turtles game. I just I simply won't hear it. Right to the deletion box. I don't care what else is in in that email. I'm getting rid of it. Um, any any other final thoughts, Mark? Or should we close this out? I, I just that I thought it was uh, fun to get one of these. I guess the last one we had was in December, so it's been a few months. Um, yeah, always nice when we we get these surprise Nintendo presentations. I guess we mentioned this before we started rolling, but since it's not on, uh, wouldn't be on the podcast. We didn't mention it now. Um, what do you think this uh, portends for the next time we see a like actual Nintendo Direct? Do we have to wait until E uh, three, or will we get something between now and then? I think I think that we will get a small something between now and then because i think they want to like clear their throat a little bit for Mm -hmm. whatever is going to happen at e3 you know maybe there's like some partner obligations they have or some like (laughs) other like news that they just want to get out of the way so i i think we'll see a little something um between now and e3 i also feel like uh they could use a little bit more of a marketing push before um the may games right before um, uh, the Metopia and the Famicom Detective Club games. Like, I feel like they want one more like beat to really like push those as games they're honestly trying to sell you in 2021, which is fine for the Famicom Detective Club. I don't mean to be disparaging of that, but the fact that they're trying to sell Metopia to you for fifty bucks is it, it's that's that's a tough pill for me to swallow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, uh, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. It doesn't uh, matter where you share stuff. We like it when you do, and it helps other people find the show. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8BitBetty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying we'll wait 400 days for you. Is that anything? (laughs) Thanks for listening. Rachel, do you like Disney movies? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen all of them? Yeah, we saw all the Disney animated movies. And we saw all the Pixar animated movies, too. How about the DCOMs? What? What? The Disney Channel original movies. You should listen to our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault, because we are watching all of them in chronological order. Yeah, and we do fun segments like we cast each other. That's right, and my favorite segment, Zaddy Watch, where we rank every single DCOM daddy. Ooh, you can listen to all this fun stuff on our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, guys, let's get back in the vault. It's cold out here. Campfire.